Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. The Gospel lesson comes to us from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. And when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. A guest preacher was invited to the church I grew up in. At about 10.45, 15 minutes before the service was to begin, the guest preacher asked the clerk of session how long he had for the sermon. The response was that he could take as long as he wanted and to let the Holy Spirit move him, but the congregation would be leaving at noon. (laughs) This reveals some of the contradictions and challenges we might have with dealing with the unwieldy nature of the Holy Spirit. Presbyterians pride themselves on doing things decently and orderly, and If you're a visitor, it's something that you will hear us joke about from time to time. For example, our bulletin is very well organized, laying out everything that we intend to happen in the service. But if I'm honest, I hope that something else happens, something that is not printed, something that will happen in the white space, so to speak, something that we couldn't plan. I hope that I say something that strengthens your faith, perhaps even in a way that I didn't intend. I hope the bread or the wine penetrates your heart in a way that the words of institution cannot. I hope that a thought, an emotion, a conviction swells up within you during the singing of a hymn or during an anthem or the postlude that we could not have anticipated. I want something to happen that causes you to leave this church with an increased conviction that God is with you. And so our bulletin is far from a checklist of things to be done in a service. Instead, it is a vehicle through which we hope God's unwieldy power can be at work and felt among us. Today is Pentecost, the day in the Christian calendar when we celebrate the Holy Spirit coming upon the earliest Christian believers. 
famously depicted in the Acts of the Apostles. The Lucan account provides the vivid image of the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples and resting upon each of them, looking, appearing as if it's a tongue of fire, and with the sound of a rushing wind blowing through the place, enabling each of them to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Further, and importantly, the Holy Spirit was not just at work among those who spoke in foreign tongues, but it was also at work among those who gathered there to listen. Because through the work of the Holy Spirit, all who were there could understand in their own language. It's interesting and important to note that where the Holy Spirit is at work, people gather. Acts tells us there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and at this sound, the sound of the Holy Spirit, the crowd gathered. If you want to grow a community of faith, make room for the Holy Spirit. And when the crowds gathered, the Holy Spirit didn't just make some spectacle that would garner an audience the same way a circus would invite a bunch of onlookers or people rubbernecking on the road, but the Holy Spirit did something incredibly engaging, amazing and astonishing. It engaged the hearts and the minds of those who looked on. It caused people to speak in foreign tongues and for people to understand, each in their own language. The Spirit engaged people's minds. It made them participants in something special. In order for our minds to be engaged, whatever it is that sparks our interest or attention must be somewhat, at least somewhat, relatable applicable, relevant, and understandable. Have you ever attended a lecture very far outside of your field of knowledge? I have. And when the jargon of another field is used without interpretations, it becomes very easy for the mind to wander. For example, when I read aloud to my seven-month-old, there is a difference between my reading theology and Moo Ba La La La. And if you don't know that book, it's a rather silly book by Sandra Boynton, but actually a very fun one, to which she takes great interest. The power of the Christian message is that God speaks to all of us in a way that we can understand. In Jesus Christ, the mysterious, infinite God came down from heaven and through the cross, and the reality of the cross is pain and suffering, revealed the amazing depths of God's love for us. Doing all of this in a way that words alone could not do. This is the theological concept of accommodation, that the infinite God accommodates our finite understanding, speaking to us in a way that we can understand. In addition to the action and event of the cross, there is a work that is going on inside each of us. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Calvin, the Protestant reformer, states it so well, the words of Scripture will not obtain full credit until they are sealed by the inward testimony of the Holy Spirit. 
And elsewhere, he proclaims that while Scripture carries its own evidence along with it, it deigns not to submit proofs and arguments, but owes the full conviction with which we ought to receive it to the testimony of the Spirit. I pray that the Spirit of God, which penetrates hearts and minds, is at work among us, doing that which we cannot do alone. The two-way action of the Holy Spirit is vitally important. As the disciples were speaking in tongues, all those who were gathered heard in their own native language. And here we see that interpretation is just as important as the utterances being voiced. The Apostle Paul confirms this. If I come to you speaking in tongues, how can that be of benefit to you if you don't understand? It is the same way with lifeless instruments that produce sound, such as the flute or the harp. If they do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is being played? As an aside, someone on staff told me that we once had a group of harmonica players renting space in our building, and that it was just a cacophony of noise as they learned how to play it, and they haven't been invited back. <laughs> so it is with us. We need intentionality and skill as we play. Paul tells us if a tongue, if in a tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is being said? For you will be speaking into the air. Paul continues, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. The Holy Spirit is at work both through the actor and the recipient. The Holy Spirit needs to be present among us all. Paul's reference to a lifeless instrument is a powerful warning, especially for the church. We must be open to the Holy Spirit and listen for its guidance. Ezekiel 37, spoken to the Israelites and exiles, describes a valley of dried-up bones, lifeless, without hope. And then the breath of God speaks through Ezekiel and goes out and fills the sinews and, and creates the sinews of these dry bones, giving these lifeless skeletons life. The Holy Spirit is the breath of life we need it is the breath of God, that same breath, present at the beginning of the world as it hovered over the depths of creation, giving life to humanity in the earliest pages of Genesis. I pray that God's Spirit continues to be among us, doing what the prophet Isaiah describes as a new thing. The Lucan Pentecost account in the Acts of the Apostles differs from John's Gospel and the account of the Holy Spirit coming among the disciples there. In John, the long-promised Holy Spirit comes almost immediately after the resurrection. And this fits John's style. John, the Gospel writer, doesn't believe in delayed understandings or mysteries waiting to be unlocked. Instead, John sees the fullness of God's character revealed in Jesus Christ and affirmed in the Holy Spirit right then and there. 
there is no delayed awakening. Within John's pivotal Holy Spirit moment, the disciples were gathered together, and the doors of the house where they gathered were locked for fear of the world. But Jesus came and stood among them, and in the midst of all they must have been feeling in the immediate aftermath of his crucifixion, he appeared and he said to them, Peace be with you. And he showed them his pierced hands inside, and he breathed on them, recalling those early pages of Genesis, recalling the prophet Ezekiel, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus penetrated the doors that were firmly locked for the fear of the world through the Holy Spirit, the love of God can penetrate the locked doors of our day, close minds and hardened hearts, those parts of our lives that we cordon off and refuse to go. The Holy Spirit can move anywhere, anytime, we cannot control it. In 2011, one year after the 2010 earthquake in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, I traveled to Haiti with the church I was serving in Delray Beach, Florida at the time to build three cinder block homes for families who lost their home in the earthquake. On the Sunday we were there, we attended a church service entirely in French Creole, I could not understand the choir or the preacher. I distinctly remember the preacher reminding me of John Knox through the intonation of his voice and his actions during the sermon. While I don't know, I don't remember the scripture and I don't know what he was preaching, it felt as if it was fire and brimstone. But I remember during that service very clearly as the choir sang, the woman sitting beside me, who I came to know very well and who I knew was dealing with issues within her family and work, this woman began to tear up and cry beside me. The young woman on my other side, who spoke French and could make sense of the French girl, leaned over me and said to the woman on my other side, do you want me to translate? To which the woman said through her tears, No, I get it. Sometimes the love, grace, and work of God comes to us in such a way that we just get it. I pray for more such moments to be at work among us. I pray for the Holy Spirit to be at work and its unwieldy nature which penetrates locked doors, whatever they might be, within your own life and in this church. May it go out through us into the streets and all the places where we dwell. May God's Holy Spirit be at work in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.